Do you think you're gonna main event WrestleMania with that? Oh! And I just went, <laughs> just started busting out laughing, thinking this is like a joke. He's not laughing. Oh! He's still shaking my hand, just like glaring at me. And then I'm like, he's like, I'm serious. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I just kind of walk away awkwardly, but then it just kind of got me thinking like, yeah, like is what I'm doing now going to work long-term? Is this something that is going to get me to a WrestleMania level? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Sadden. As you can see, we're not in the studio. We're here live, and we are here live with Joaquin Wild. How's it going, man? Uh, things are going great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I realize that in the group that I'm in, I'm probably not everyone's first choice for an interview, so I thank you very much for giving me this opportunity and having me on. Well, you were the first one I picked from the group <laughs> because... Because I think that even though that may be the case, yeah. um, I think that people underestimate just like how long you've been in wrestling. You know, right. I think that when I was doing when I was doing my research for this, because we're the same age, yeah. and it tripped me out to see that you've been wrestling since the same year that I graduated high school. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. crazy. We're the same age. Not yeah. even like he's a little bit older than me and that happened. Yeah. So you've been wrestling like not even your whole adult life. Just like your whole, for most of your life. You know what? I'll even count what I did backyard wrestling too because I was still like taking ridiculous bumps and uh, putting matches together, taking risks, doing crazy stuff. I count that too. So if you really want to like go back, I've been wrestling since I was like 12 years old. It's crazy, <laughs> right? When you think about that, like yeah. that you've been doing that that long, that's I know. pretty, it's, it's a trip. It really is. Like I'm just thankful that uh, I'm still able to do it at this age, at this level, because I mean, some people don't make it this far. Injuries, concussions, there's several things that can uh, affect your career along the way. And I'm just thankful that somehow, uh, despite a lot of crazy injuries, like I'm still here and I'm still performing at the highest level. Near death injuries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, I was watching part of it because I remember because you've been in wrestling for so long, uh, last night when I was prepping for this, you know, because I've been watching you for so long, I my first memory of you is that documentary that you did like way yeah. back when that like slammed inside yeah. wrestling. It was so crazy. Like that was over 10 years ago now. But even just last night, we were at the uh, Sam Roberts like uh, comedy show that he did. And there were fans that were coming up to me there telling me they remember me from that documentary. It blows my mind that so many people watch that and still remember it to this day. It was a good documentary. It was supposed to be a series. Really? That, okay, that's funny because I hadn't watched it since it came out, and you know, ten years ago or whatever, longer probably. And I, uh, it's funny because I, when I watched most of it last night, it really does leave you hanging at the end. Yeah. Like you're not really sure what's going to happen with any of the guys that you've oh, been yeah. following. Yeah, we filmed five episodes of that, and uh, yeah, this, the first episode was what you saw on National Geographic Channel. And yeah, it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. There's no closure. You don't know what happened to me yeah. or Danny Jamondo or any of these people. <laughs> But there were four more episodes filmed, and it's a shame that they didn't pick them up because I thought that first one came off great. It's great. Yeah, and they did uh, some other interviews too. I remember they followed me to an Evolve show in New York City, and they interviewed uh, Moxley. Uh, they interviewed Gabe Sapolsky, Austin Aries, all kinds of different people that now have went on to do great things, and it's a shame that footage never made it to air. Well, know? even when you're watching this documentary, like at the ROH show or even the try, you're like going to a tryout and you see like Kyle O'Reilly there and you see like some other names. I'm like, wow, a lot of people in this documentary really yeah. made their way after this. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a crazy journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I remember too, uh, 
Yeah. One of the things that always stood out to me in that documentary was your mom, just because <laughs> she was she was like so worried that you wouldn't oh, make yeah. it, or you know, she was just like very concerned that you weren't going to make it. And yeah. so, uh, I she was a she was a nice part of that documentary as well. I'm sure yeah. she's very happy to see your success now. She's relieved. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, especially after the whole uh, like stomach injury I had in Mexico, that was the point where my mom was like, "All right, like." You don't have to keep doing this. You have a college degree. Like you don't have to continue chasing this dream. Haven't you done enough? But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just stubborn, and I had to see it through. Had to continue this journey. See if there really was a light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, she's very thankful that uh, there was. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I can imagine a mom when she sees her son having a life-threatening injury to to their son in the ring. She's like, oh, well, maybe you could uh, maybe you can hang up the boots yeah. a little here. <laughs> but it's crazy that even after that, like, I mean, you would think a life-threatening injury would be the end. You know yeah. that you would call it quits. The fact that you had mo your biggest success happen after that is so cool. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I, th I think sometimes like. Because it wasn't just that this injury happened. It should have ended my career. It should have ended my life. Uh, I remember speaking to a gastroenterologist two months after this injury happened. And when he looked at my x-rays, told him my story, whatnot, he looked at me and said, I feel like I'm talking to a ghost right now. Like, you should be dead. And I just thought to myself, like, why was I given the second chance? Like, why was I spared? Why am I still able to wrestle? Why am I still alive? And I just always thought it's because there must be something left for me to achieve in this business. And... Yeah, I guess WWE was that thing, and here we are, and I'm so glad that it all worked out. Yeah, I think you probably have that resiliency from your mom, because I mean, I remember in that documentary, her story, I mean, she, her life story is incredible. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, recently I actually went back and kind of watched some of those parts of that documentary, because I, I sent some footage uh, to somebody, and yeah, like, when my father died, like, my mom was not an American citizen, she didn't have a job, she didn't drive a car, uh, she had three kids and she's in a foreign country. English was her third language. How could she make that all work? Like, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand it, but she's the bravest person that I know. And, uh, I think her strength, it's always been an inspiration for me. Yeah. I, I paused it when I was rewatching that last night and went downstairs and told my wife, I was like, this is an incredible story that she was able to do that because yeah. I, I mean, like I couldn't imagine being in a foreign country, not speaking the language, yeah. having three kids, yeah. no car, no job. Like, the, the fact that she was able to do that is just mind-blowing. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, will, I will never understand how she pulled it off, but uh, she always put her children first. You know, even if it was an inconvenience for her, even if it put her in massive debt, like, uh, she's just someone that always looked out for her children and, like, put us before herself. And that's also been inspiring to me now as a new father. Like, I want to do the same thing and always put my kids first. Yeah, I've noticed, you know, it's funny. You and since you've come to WWE, since you've had a kid, it almost feels like you've kind of grown up and become like much more adult in, as in WWE. I mean, I knew you before, we were friendly before or whatever, and it's not like you weren't an adult, but I've seen the growth these past few years of like getting married, becoming a dad, you know, not being this like club guy, but you're like going to Disneyland with the family and stuff. And it's, it's cool to see you kind of like grow up like that. I mean, it's got to happen sometime, right? You know what I'm saying? Like 36 years old now, it's like you can't be like, DJ club guy. It's, it gets kind of sad at some point, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, for me, it, it was, uh, it was just good timing. Like I think to myself, I actually said it last night at the Sam Roberts show. Like I'm glad that I'm having this experience at WWE at this point in my life, because if this happened when I was in my twenties, probably would have screwed it up, gotten fired, did something stupid. Like I just wasn't mature enough 
now that I look back on it, as much as I wanted it to happen back then, it's like, nah, I really wasn't ready mentally, you know? So I'm so glad that I did get the opportunity eventually and that it happened at a time in my life where I am more mature and uh, better prepared for such an opportunity. <laughs> it, it made me laugh in the documentary because you say to the camera, like, this is the year that's going to be my big break. And I was like, he's going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. He's going to have to wait maybe another decade for that yeah. real big break. <laughs> yep. Uh, it also made me, you know, in talking about ROH, my favorite fun fact about you is that you created the ROH logo. <laughs> it cracks me up. Did you get like, did you like win anything for that? Yeah. Or what'd you win? Uh, so do you want to hear the story? Yeah, it's I would love to. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. We got time. Uh, okay. So uh, Ring of Honor, they put up a thing on the internet saying like, design the Ring of Honor logo and win five free wrestling tapes. Okay. And back in these days, this was when tape trading and VHS tapes were a thing. I was very much a tape trader when I was a teenager. And I'm like, five free tapes? That's $100 worth of tapes. I'm like, and they're masters? I could trade these masters for like two or three dubs each. I'm like, I can get a lot of tapes for this. And the thing was, my brother, uh, it's so funny now, like my brother was interested in graphic design at a super young age. Like, because I was... 14 or 15 when this Ring of Honor thing happened. So my brother would have been 12 or 13. He had already purchased Photoshop for himself at age 12. Like he spent his birthday money on Photoshop. In like 2004? Oh, earlier than that. We're Crazy. talking 2001, 2002. Crazy. Like it's just so strange. It's like what 12 year old like takes their birthday money and buys Photoshop? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, in 2001, like this doesn't happen. And now it's funny because that's his humble beginnings. Now my brother's a graphic designer for the NBA. That's awesome. Yeah, and like he does all this other like big clients. He just did something for Future, the rapper. Like, yeah, he's doing big stuff now, but his start was, yeah, age 12, Photoshop, just playing around, uh, making graphics. So when the Ring of Honor opportunity happened, I went to my brother and I said, you have to make this logo. We gotta win these tapes. So my brother made a logo. And then just to give myself like another chance at winning, I was like, all right, I'm gonna make one too. And uh, I was not as good at Photoshop as he was, but I was like, okay, you know? So I made the logo. I came up with a little slogan. We don't imitate, we innovate. We sent both logos to the contest. And would you believe it? I won the one time <laughs> that I beat my brother in some artistic endeavor. <laughs> I got the five free tapes and, uh, and then I got free tickets to like any Ring of Honor show that I wanted. Uh, for ever, for I guess. Ever? I, I guess even now, if I wanted tickets to a show, I could probably you just roll in the supercard <laughs> of honor and be like, "Yo, uh, I created the first yeah, logo guys. here." Yeah. So yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool opportunity. <laughs> that is pretty cool, especially. Yeah. I mean, the logo it changed a little bit, but I mean, like you yeah. did have that like main one for so long, yeah. which is a pretty cool like badge of honor. It is. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. It's funny in that documentary, the slammed documentary. It's a Ring of Honor tryout. And I remember there's one part where they're interviewing me and you see the logo in the background. And I just think to myself now, it's like, that's so funny. You know? <laughs> that's literally what I was thinking watching yeah. it. I was when the, I think it's like when you're about to do the interview or something or you yeah. do a promo or something. And I'm like, how do they not even mention that he created the logo for this company? That should have been the promo that I got. Right? <laughs> I was, and, and then furthermore, if you look like you didn't wrestle for Ring of Honor that much. Well, yeah, so that's funny too, was uh, that documentary like, to me, that was supposed to be the start of my Ring of Honor career. Yes. Uh, but it was a weird, like, timing thing where we did that documentary and then they lost their TV deal with like, HDNet yep. at the same weekend. So uh, they had no TV. They weren't bringing in new talent. And then when they finally did get their new TV deal with Sinclair, I guess, I was already at Impact. So, oh. yeah, the timing, the timing of it all just didn't work I out. was wondering, like, whatever happened there because I was looking. I was like, yeah, I don't remember him. 
wrestling for yeah. Ring of Honor that much, but he has all this like history attached yeah. to it that he, and he never really like, wasn't really a thing there. Yeah, in an alternate universe. Yeah, I would have had a crazy <laughs> Ring of Honor run. <laughs> um, okay, I got a little. We got. We went in the past a little bit yeah. there. I got a little ahead of myself. I usually like to start every episode with the same question, but. That was a fun little trip down memory oh, lane, sure. but I'm going to go back to that. Uh, how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV? <sighs> There's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, maybe you have, like the characters become much more like fashion oriented. Very much so. And if you like look back at my career, that's always been a uh, an element, I guess, of me. Uh, whether you look at Zima Ion when he was like a Filipino male model uh, very fashion centric, even like DJZ, a lot of like very interesting fashion choices. And but it was of its time. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but now this kind of what you're saying too, like me growing up a little bit, it's like, it's a more elegant, a more refined, uh, look that I have now. I, I call it from G to gent. <laughs> if you remember that great <laughs> I was show. Say, like the VH1 show. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. But yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, my real self. There's a lot of layers of truth in the character that I'm doing now. <laughs> Riff Raff was on from G's to Gents, wasn't he? I think he was, I think yeah. he was. I think that's like where Riff Raff first became a thing, oh, before he was even rapping or anything. Yeah. I like that show. I loved all those old VH1 oh, shows. Oh, me too, yeah, they're great. <laughs> I, I, I really feel like we had a good moment mm. of reality TV at that time, because oh, the yeah. reality shows now, they're not quite as good. Yeah, it doesn't hit the same. No. Like the celeb reality of the mid-2000s. <laughs> yes, yeah. where you had like 12 girls trying to date Flavor Flav for some reason. Love that. <laughs> Like, I don't know why any of these girls would want to date Flavor Flav, but it's amazing television. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Miss that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I, and yes, I, I have noticed that, uh, that upgrade from, the, from G to Jen, yeah. uh, because I think that, like, one of your strengths, and you kind of touched on it there, I feel like one of your strengths has always been, you know, whether it's, you know, model or a DJ who's got the spiked up hair or even, like, alien helmet or an LED vest. Like, I think you've always been a very visual person. And I think that even goes back to the ROH logo, which is why you got that. I think that you've always had a good visual sense and it does help you stand out uh, above others. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, th I think it's necessary in wrestling. Uh, a lot of times uh, you're performing for a live crowd and this crowd has to understand what you're about. They have to remember you. They have to be able to identify you the minute you walk out through the curtain. They're not always going to have the commentators explaining your personality traits. And I just always thought, hey, being visual, having that element be really strong in your presentation, that's only going to make your job easier. You know what I'm saying? It's only going to help you connect with the audience. But I think, yeah, it's important to have a good visual element. But I feel you should be well-rounded in every like, category. I think that's the best chance for success. Visual, presentation, physique, sweet ring gear, badass moves in the ring. If you can killer promo. If you can like have a high score in all those categories, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And I, and, and I, I would imagine that even though you had, you know, 15 years of experience before you signed with WWE, I would imagine that you still learned a lot at the performance center once you got there. Yeah. That's crazy because, you know, I thought I was getting the hang of this wrestling thing yeah. after 15 years. Then I got to WWE and I felt like, whoa, apparently I sucked. Like, how did I ever make it this far? Like, how did I make it here? Why, like, why did they sign me? I felt like I had to kind of relearn all over again. Like, sure, like, I had experience that helped, but when you're sitting under the learning tree of guys like Terry Taylor and Fit Finley, when you're learning from these guys, it's like, yeah, you think you're good until you talk to them, until you train with them, and then you realize, not as good as I think I am, but uh, I'm just thankful. Some people go to the Performance Center and they're only there for a few months. Uh, I was there for three years. So I got to really soak in the knowledge from all these brilliant wrestling minds and it definitely influenced uh, 
my style, the way I work, uh, the way I carry myself, the way I think about wrestling. It's changed. It's completely changed night and day than uh, how it was before I got to WWE. And I'm just so thankful that, yeah, I made it this far in the journey that I could have those experiences. Yeah, you can see, like, I watched you the whole time you were in Impact, and you can, it's a, it, you do seem like a different wrestler from then to now. It's very different. <laughs> What's funny is there's times, and hey, I'm not afraid to admit it, we all do it, like, I'll vanity search every now and then, type in Walking Wild, see if people are saying anything nice about me, anything mean about me. We'll see. Uh, and I'll do it. And what's, what's funny is like, there's a constant like thing going on when I search myself where people are like, I just now realized that Walking Wild was DJ Z. And I'm just like, yeah, but I guess that's what it is. It's like, I'm just such a night and day, like different character, different performer that yeah, you don't even realize I'm the same person at this point. <laughs> well, I think because you were so, you had like silly aspects to your character before. Yeah. And with Legato, it's been totally different. Like, at, you know, being part of Legato has like given you this newfound edge that you didn't really yeah. have before. And I think that it's really given you something to like sink your teeth into these past few years. Yeah, I kind of realized that's like one thing I hadn't done in my career was play a serious, badass heel type of wrestler. It's like, yeah, I'd done comedy. I, I'd been a crazy lucha baby face. Like I'd done all kinds of different stuff, but I had never been a super serious, aggressive type of character. And I love that WWE has uh, given me an opportunity to show that side, and uh, I'm loving it. Yeah. It's what did exciting. you What did you think when they first came to you with the idea? Because it's so far out from what you've been doing from before. Yeah. So I mean, that's crazy. It's like uh, some people they come to WWE and they just kind of get to do the same thing that they were doing, like on the independents or wherever they were at previously. Uh, my journey was very different. It was, I get to WWE and they just completely change everything about me. And I think for the better, you know, like uh, one crazy story that I think about all the time. I'd only been here in WWE for maybe like a month or two. So super new. Uh, Terry Taylor was a little intimidating to me at first just because he was just like, I don't know, he's, people respected him. There was just, there's just a lot of uh, uh, respect, I guess, is just the word that comes to mind when it came to Terry Taylor. So I was a little intimidated at first. And uh, so the guy, like, I, I want to win this guy's like approval. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we get to a show and saying my hellos to everybody. I go up to Terry, shake his hand, and he shakes my hand and just kind of like holds it. And then he goes, what's that thing that you do? And I'm a little obnoxious at times. So I do it like full commitment right in his face. Bah, 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 bah! <laughs> and he doesn't sell it at all. He's just, he's still shaking my hand and he goes, do you think you're going to main event WrestleMania with that? Oh. And I just went, just started busting out laughing, thinking this is like a joke. He's not laughing. Oh. He's still shaking my hand, just like glaring at me. And then I'm like, he's like, I'm serious. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I just kind of walk away awkwardly. But then it just kind of got me thinking like, yeah, like is what I'm doing now going to work? Long term, is this something that is going to get me to a WrestleMania level? And yeah, at that point, I started like really second guessing myself, second guessing what I'd done, my character. And I'll tell you what, I was so thankful when the opportunity for Legato, I was so thankful to be kidnapped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. You're more thankful to be kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, because it gave me a new energy, uh, a second chance in all this. I feel like, God, when Terry Taylor said that to you, it must have like just like everything sinking down of like man i gotta rethink all of this yeah right when i get home 100 percent. but uh the the best part of it all was like i feel like i did eventually win his approval uh yeah he's a coach a mentor someone that i've learned so much about wrestling from we saw him last night in the hotel lobby 
got, I, I realized I'd never gotten a picture with him in all these years. So I made sure to get a picture with Terry, thank him for all the help, all the advice that he's given me. He said he loved me. And I'm just like, man, we've come such a long way from him glaring at me and uh, making fun of my air horn. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love when you did that. So. <laughs> I loved it. So, so I, I was a fan. I don't know. Uh, so you'd worked with Santos a couple times in Impact before yeah. you guys did this, right? Was, were you guys friendly already? We were always like cool with each other. It's not like we were texting each other like best friends or anything like that. But yeah, we did work a couple times in Impact. Uh, yeah, we were familiar with each other for sure. How long would you say it took you guys to kind of like all gel as a team? So you felt like you guys were like, we're doing good stuff here. Yeah, it, it, it took a little bit of time. Like in the beginning, uh, you know, you're trying to find your footing. It was pandemic era too, so it was a little strange anyway. There was no audience. Uh, it did take some time. It was a journey. I'll say that for sure. But uh, yeah, eventually we did like get some natural chemistry going. Uh, me, Cruz del Toro, and Santos, of course. Yeah, there was some natural chemistry that developed. Uh, we're all kind of in similar places in our lives, too. So I think that kind of helped, you know? And we all have similar goals, similar mindset about wrestling. And that helps, because like when you're in a group, like if there's like one uh, guy that's not on the same page, it can affect the other ones, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's, like, it's great that all three of us think similarly about wrestling. We understand uh, what the business is. We understand like what we want from the group, what the goals of the group are, and uh, we know how to coexist with each other. And uh, I'm just thankful for that because that doesn't always happen in groups. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. Yeah. And I think that you guys, you know, have similar styles, but still a little different yeah. from each other. So 100%. I think that that like yours is a little more flashy. Santos is a little more like hard hitting. You know, I think that it. It works so well together when you guys all kind of like do your thing together. Yeah, the analogy that I've come up with for Legato del Fantasma, we're like the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Escobar is Michael Jordan, of course. Cruz is Scottie Pippen. And I'm the bad boy. I'm Dennis Rodman. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would imagine, so we talked about all you know, the hardships you've gone through, the near-death experiences, the tryout that didn't, you know, didn't go the way you wanted. Yeah. I would imagine that after all of that, it all felt worth it like once you got your call up to SmackDown. Oh, 100%. Uh, and I, weirdly enough, I felt so ready for it to happen too. Like if it would have happened a year prior, I think I would have been kind of like, oh my God, like am I ready for this opportunity? Am I going to be like good? But something about the timing of it all, like I felt no fear about getting called up. I was completely like ready for the opportunity. And I knew that, hey, once we go up there, like we're going to do great things. And yeah, that's been the case. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're having a, a good run right now, and I'm very thankful for that. And it's interesting because initially you guys were still doing your heel thing, but lately you've kind of been becoming more of baby faces. Mm -hmm. And it is cool to watch. I like that it seems to be connecting with the audience more as baby faces, which I like. Well, I think our style definitely uh, works as baby faces for sure. Uh, and that's exciting for me because uh, I don't feel like baby face has always been like my strongest uh, suit. Like, I'm a heel at heart. <laughs> but like, I feel like I've used that as an excuse for so long too. Like, oh, I'm a way better heel than I am a baby face. But it's like, you know what? Instead of using that as an excuse, let's just take this opportunity to like work on being a better baby face. You know, let's get that just as good as our heel work. So that's kind of the goal now. And it's like, well, I can do a lot of flashy stuff. Cruz can do a lot of flashy stuff. Santos as well. It's like, take those styles that we have and uh, put it on the baby face side and you're going to see some exciting stuff for sure. It's, I mean, I would imagine it's daunting to think about having to get 
an entire arena of people on your side. I would imagine it's a lot easier to get them against you than it is on your side. 100%. So I guess in that sense, like I'm glad we started out on the heel side. You know what I'm saying? Uh, get people familiar with this a little bit. It's an easier transition from heel to babyface than it is babyface to heel, I feel like. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was funny when I was watching, when I was researching for this, I was, uh, you know, you guys are recently working with Rey Mysterio. And yeah. I, I was looking and I was like, oh, no, he actually wrestled with Rey Mysterio in like a high school gym yeah. in 2018. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, I've been fortunate to wrestle with a lot of, uh, Big names in wrestling, Rey Mysterio, definitely one of them. And I hope, like, yeah, we're doing stuff with them right now on the same team, but I still want that dream match one day, like me and Rey Mysterio one-on-one, -on -one, because the match that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I realized that. It like, didn't happen. It turns into a tag yeah, match, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So I, I was kind of robbed of that opportunity in that high school gym. Uh, we did, like, two minutes of a singles match, and then some heels came out, beat us up, and then we did a tag team match. But, man, that two minutes was just a taste, and I'm like, there's more, there's more meat on this bone. Like, we can do this again someday. Do it properly. I mean, the fact that it happened in a high school gym <laughs> is so crazy. Like, Rey Mysterio, you know, like, such a legend. And yeah. you just kind of tag with him in, like, a gym. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I remember he, we were in, like, Pittsburgh area. But uh, all he knows is we're in Pennsylvania. He wore, like, an ECW Rey Mysterio mask thinking we were, like, near Philly. <laughs> I, I didn't have the heart to be like, bro, we are nowhere near Philly. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's right with you. It's fine. It's, it's amazing to me how he just has a mask for everything, though. Like, it's crazy. Dude, he's got, like, I think of myself as, like, a pretty, like, fashion-forward type of guy. But, like, I can't even touch Rey Mysterio. Like, he was wearing some stuff on SmackDown last week. I don't know if you noticed. It was, like, this light blue denim. But it was, like, some kind of stretchy denim that worked as wrestling gear. And he still had all the, like, Rey Mysterio, like, gear on it. I'm like... This denim? Like, what is this? Like, where did you find fabric like this? Uh, yeah, his gear is just unbelievable. I'm so jealous. When, whenever, like, I think he can't get any cooler, somehow he outdoes himself. And it's, like, on a weekly basis. I'm like, yep, like, it's not going to get any cooler than this. And then somehow it does every single week. <laughs> yeah, he, it blows. I have this, like, I have this fascination with, I just love pictures of famous luchadors from back in the day doing regular things in their mask because they had to keep kayfabe. So yeah. like they're at like a fancy steakhouse and they're like in this just like nice suit Love with that, a mask. Yeah. And Ray is like the king of that where he's got like all his like designer gear, but yeah. then the mask that matches it, like yeah. a Gucci mask or a Versace mask. And you're like, that's just, how can you be that cool? He's yeah. He, he's just like so far ahead of any of us when it comes to like being cool. Yes. You know, he's the man. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Um, I'm going to ask, one non-wrestling question. Okay. And then we're going to go into my final questions here because we're Let's running go. out of time here. Let's go. This is just nothing to do with wrestling. I'm just wondering, uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? I have a couple. Okay, uh, that, I mean, I, it's, it's so hard to narrow it down to like one. Three. Uh, three okay, three, three is doable. Okay. Uh, In no specific order. Either. No, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, that would be way too difficult. Uh, I'll say this. I saw everything everywhere all at once. And I have to say, that's got to be one of my favorite movies of all time. I cried twice. So good. Yeah. Unbelievable movie. I was so happy to see all the awards that it won. Uh, so that's got to be on the list at this point. I told uh, both my parents to watch it. I was like, you have to watch this movie. And they both watched it. And they were like, we hated this movie. See, th th that's a problem for me. Like, I feel like now I'm judging people if they tell me they didn't like that movie. <laughs> like, I'm judging them. Like, like, how could you not like this movie? I, there was one night I tried to show it to my wife and her mom. And... It just did not connect with her mom at all. And 
It was, maybe it was just too fast-paced, maybe too sophisticated of a storyline. My story mom line. says <laughs> that it's more for a video game generation who likes the fast-paced, mm -hmm. like things are happening, there's like stuff, you know, there's specs, there's things going on. She yeah. was like, it was just too much for me. I don't know what it was about. And I was like, you're the one it's supposed to connect with, right. though. And she was like, nope, I, I tried. I'm bawling my eyes out, and they're just sitting there, like, bored out of their minds. And I'm like, how are you not crying? Like, how is this not touching your heartstrings right now? Yeah, so, I mean, that's definitely <laughs> okay. on the list. Uh, the, another like strange selection. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Cinema Paradiso? No. It's an Italian movie. It's okay. it's beautiful. Okay. It is a beautiful movie. I highly recommend it. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. Cinema Paradiso is on that list. And then uh, Boogie Nights, weirdly enough, is one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw it. <laughs> this is funny. I saw it when I was like 12 years old. Which, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, I mean, how did a video store let a 12-year-old rent that movie? But... <laughs> Yeah, they did, and I watched it. And, and I didn't even like look old for your age either. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I looked younger. Probably yeah, exactly. my, my Asian genetics keep me very youthful. But uh, yeah, I saw that movie when I was twelve, and and I loved it. Not just for the like uh, nudity throughout the movie, but uh, the story of it. It was just a beautiful story to me, and I like I watched it many times, like from like age twelve, like throughout my teenage years. I continued to watch it, uh, and I don't know. I, every time. It's on, I'm keeping the TV on, I'm watching it, you know what I'm saying? There's times when I'll just like turn it on randomly. Uh, I have the DVD still, I have like the, the streaming for it too. So it's like, I watch it a lot, you know, still to this day, it's just a favorite movie of mine. That's like me with Blow. It's not like everyone's like favorite movie, but it's like, I can put it on at any time. I love watching it. I know every line to every scene pretty much. I could like recite it if I wanted to. Now that would have been on my list too. Like, That's a good one. Blow is definitely on the list. Yeah. All right, we'll get to the end here. Uh, quick two wrestling questions. Uh, this is a segment I call the finishing move. Love it. First, what's your least favorite finishing move to be on the receiving end of? <laughs> uh, I'll say this. I, I am not a fan of Canadian destroyers because I, I don't think that I take them very well. Uh, and before getting to WWE, it was such a common move on the independents. Like, everybody was doing a Canadian destroyer. And... I'm trying to like keep up with all the crazy independent wrestlers and I'm trying to take this Canadian destroyer and every time I take it, it just doesn't go right. And I'm like, you know what? Like maybe my body just isn't meant to go backwards like that. Maybe I'm just screwing up the timing. It's not really a move you can practice either. You're not going to go to wrestling school and be like, all right, let me uh, practice landing on the back of my head until I get this <laughs> right. Onto it you know too. what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, you kind of have to do it in the match and just hope that it goes right. And it just like never went right for me. So I don't like taking that move because I don't take it well, and if I don't take it well, I'm probably gonna break my neck. So I'm thankful that uh, I don't have to take Canadian Destroyers at this yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get injured again, so let's, yeah. let's not do those. Uh, and lastly, what's the most memorable time someone hit their finishing move on you? Oh man, I might have to think about that. How about this, what's the most memorable time you've hit your finishing move on someone else? Uh, so there was a match I had with uh, Penta, in Chicago, Logan Square Auditorium for AAW. Uh, this was a huge like match for me because uh, that guy at the time too, I mean, not that he's not popular now, but he was like one of the most popular guys in all of independent wrestling at that time. Yeah, he had a huge moment. Huge moment. And I was like a babyface wrestler in AAW and they're putting me in a title match with Penta. And I'm like, well, he's more popular than me. Like the crowd isn't gonna get behind me against this guy. Uh, so I started thinking, like, what can I do to uh, make this memorable? What can I do to get the crowd on my side? I jumped out of a balcony. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I jumped out of a balcony, didn't tell anyone I was going to do it. The owner of the building was furious, uh, banned any wrestler from ever jumping out of that balcony ever again. But I just remember like working so hard to get the crowd behind me against this guy. And when I hit my finishing move on him at the end, one, two, three, I beat him. I win the title. The place erupted. And I was just so appreciative and so thankful and just uh, surprised a little bit as well that, uh, man, I had this moment. I did all this crazy stuff. And they were actually happy to see me beat the most popular guy in all of independent wrestling. <laughs> so see, that, that's got that in you. See, it's, it's, it's in there. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've, we've wrapped up here. We got to finish. You've got more people to talk to, but I really do appreciate you yeah. giving me the time today. All right. That's it. We're done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Sands, Joaquin Wild, and this has been Out of Character.